What is up with it, Panther Nation? We are at the Prowler Newsroom, and this is sports editor Daniel Sackhouse coming to you from the Panther Pit for our second episode of this school year. And today, once again, I'm co- accompanied by the Prowler's advisor, Justin Spencer. How you doing today, Mr. Spencer? It's a Wednesday, man. The, the the weather is gorgeous outside. Not a, not a cloud in the sky. We've got all sorts of sports to talk about, man. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Stackhouse, I know, man. Do I even need to ask how you're feeling about the football season right now? Or do you want to just talk about how life's going in general? Uh, I think that as far as – I think it's important to mention how, where we are as far as sports season goes. Is This is October 1st at this point when this is released. And this is a very crucial time as far as sports goes because we region is going to be happening next week and we are just finishing volleyball and softball regular season. So a lot of these performances, a lot of the performances from recently from volleyball and softball are going to be indicative of what happens in the region tournament. And that's going to be exciting along with, along with stars Mill just starting to do region play in football. And again, you know, we have, this browse country working out there, King. So that's kind of a summary of what we're going to be going through today. I'm very. Yeah, you start you start mentioning the R word around here, and it yeah, it, it gets crazy. We're we're it's it, second episode of from the Panther Pit. We're already talking region for softball and volleyball, uh, region tournaments, and now you're talking. Of course, you know everyone around here loves talking about the, the football team and region championships. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's yeah. You, you mentioned the R word. I, I I'm ready to get into it. I'm ready to get into it, Stackhouse. But before we talk about region, well, we're going to start with football today. And before we talk about region play, I'm going to just take a quick recap about the past three games that we that have happened before that have happened from episode one to episode two. First, we played Mountain Zion at home in the first time we really saw Devin Barnett really shine bright in a three touchdown in a three touchdown game. Something that you don't really see often. And even I talked to Coach Waller at the game. He he told me that. The last time we really saw that was with Kalen Sims two years ago. And even and even when he's drawing comparisons, he thinks that he may not be at – even though Barnett may not be able to change directions like Kalen does, top end he's faster. And that's going to be – that's a really good place to start off with. But, but the week after, we played Union Grove, who is definitely going to be a playoff team at 5A. And it all culminated in this fantastic ending where the Stars Mill defense did what they did stopping the Union Grove offense from winning that game. If you want to read all about that, you can read it at theprowlernews.org. Check it out. And recently, we had our last region game of the season against Sandy Creek. Someone who's always been competitive, but this year it's a little different since most of their seniors are gone, and especially their offense has a lot of inexperience with a bunch of sophomores going around. So it's kind of like Stars Mill, but maybe at, maybe at a greater degree. But their defense, again, is stout. And in that game, start off pretty start off pretty rough for the offense. They started with the interception, and defensively, you know, we were holding our ground against that offense. We got some got some scores down. The most interesting thing about that first half was there only was Sandy Creek's only touchdown of the game, which was off a kick a ninety eight yard kick return touchdown, which somehow their return man did not go down. Did you see that video? Did you I, see the replay? I saw the. I was there. I was there live, and I saw the replay. I was amazed that neither his his knees or his elbows touched the ground. Yeah, that three hundred and sixty degree spin. I saw it somewhere on Twitter. I think it might have been Chris Dunn with Fayette Sports or something retweeted it or something. I saw it was a different angle, 
um, than like being straight on. It was more down the field. It was a great shot, man. Like what a super, super athletic move. Um, you know, like you said, the fact that the guy didn't go down, you know, because I heard some some Stars Mill fans, I think it was at halftime being like, oh, you know, he was down or whatever. But you watch that replay, man, it was clean. But it, you mentioned they're only touched, and we're talking Sandy Creek here, Stackhouse. Like, and I know you said they're young and everything, but we're talking Sandy Creek, and everyone knows, you know, Sandy Creek football is, you know, it, it's always, I mean, they're, they're perennial favorites in their region. Uh, and you're, you're talking about a, a Stars Mill defense that the defense didn't allow a touchdown. Special teams, the only touchdown that they score, uh, you know, I, I, you got to talk to me about this defense. Uh, I mean, what what does, does Coach Phillips and Coach Schmitty, what, what do they have this year, man? Well, first of all, I think it was very impressive because, again, lack of experience from the from the Sandy Creek side. But again, they stopped. They didn't allow a single offensive touchdown. And the only time where they really had a scare was their final drive of the game, where they basically burned out the majority of the fourth quarter, and their drive and the, their drive ended in a turnover on downs, like right outside of the red zone, if I'm pretty sure. So. This defense is really something special. And if you listen, because one of the videographer for the Panthers, Chad Barnett, he just posted a video on Twitter about what the coach was saying to the team after that game. And what he was saying was he thought that the 2010 off, the 2010 defense that we had that went to the state championship was pretty hot stuff. And this defense rivals that. But there's a lot more from what he said. And I actually talked to him after that game, not just about the not just about the the defense, but about the the general game as well. So before we go forward, let's just drop that right now. Yeah, I tell you, that's a, that's a real good defense. Mm-hmm. Again, right, real good defense. And you know, Coach Garvin and those guys have been over there for twenty plus years, and we played a lot of games, played a lot of football against them. They kind of got an idea of what we do and how we do it, and uh, they challenge their players. They played well on defense, and we. We didn't execute nearly like we need to. You know, we had Gray Joseph in there playing sophomore. Yarbs is a sophomore. Devin's a first-year player for us. So, you know, there's three brand-new guys that are still going through a learning curve, and uh, we just got to accelerate it now. Now that we're in region, we got to accelerate that learning curve. We'll get back to that in a moment. But, again, defense, uh, for the most part, played pretty well. But there was that one drive where – they were getting bit by bit by bit closer to their end zone. And I have to ask, even though even though you guys are solid on all facets, do you think that could them could opponents getting long incremental drives like that prove to be something that could, that could be a weakness in some Well, way? if I remember right, they had a big targeting penalty on Cole Bishop. We can't control the efficiency. All we right. can control is us. And, and we've got to get off the field on third down. And I think they had two first downs at half. And they, you know, there in the end of the third, beginning of the fourth, they put a little drive together, but a lot of it was penalty aided. You know, we had a penalty on Monts and penalty on Cole, and we have got to eliminate that stuff. Yep. And so, three and one. Um, let's, this is pretty, I mean, just talk about some things that you think need fixing. Well, three and one, I thought, I thought we played, we played very well on defense the entire season. I agree. The offense, like I told you a minute ago, is, is going through a learning process with brand new guys. The offensive line is we're trying to 
we're, we're just mixing and matching it with people playing a little different positions. We played some high quality opponents, state points on great team, a playoff team in Union Grove, a playoff team in East Calhoun, and then a pretty good little team in Mizon. Um, the special teams, except for the kick return, and then Colin missed one field goal, but he made he made two out of three, but we took one off the board, which you know, you never take points off the board in the coaching world, but to get the ball on the five-yard line with a chance to in the game, if we score a touchdown, it was worth it. And we fumbled. I mean, we got to eliminate. We had two turnovers. The first drive of the game, we get the ball at 15 interception, and then one down here inside the 10. I mean, we got to execute, a lot more clean, and we've got to eliminate two turnovers. And with all the with all the high-level competition, you guys have started out playing, and we've talked uh, throughout this first part of the year about battle testing this team yeah. and what does it mean to be able to to not only find a lot of strengths but be able to, to be able to determine y'all's weaknesses and be able to try and adjust with that going yeah, it's good that we're playing quality playoff type opponents because like you said we'll get to see hey they're attacking us here they're doing this the thing about it is a lot of people we play down the road to try to do the same thing but with lesser players and hopefully our execution will get it cleaned up We'll have things more smooth. We won't have back playing with each other. Eliminate big plays on special teams. Eliminate turnovers on offense. You know, if we do that with the defense that we're playing, we're going to be a pretty good little ball team. My final question is: We got a bye week next week. We got a bye week this upcoming week. So, what's this mentality of and this next step? Getting getting through this bye week and getting through a pretty a pretty good from a pretty good first opponent. That, you're right, that'll be one of the playoff teams probably in our region, one of the favorites for a playoff. So as we're trying to stay on track on the defense for a little bit longer, let's just drop some names. This, oh, hold on, I'm, I'm going to cut you off. Before you start dropping names, because these guys deserve their due credit. Mm -hmm. Don't stop. Don't, you know, nothing, no arguments there. I'm running the numbers, and I want to make sure I got non-region correct, because we, we always talk non-region schedule, coach, you know, deliberately scheduling difficult teams to, to get ready for region play. And, and I'm, I know you're going to talk region play. I look forward to your region predictions coming out soon. Uh, but I want to make sure I get this right. So we give up 21 points to East Coweta, lose in overtime on a two-point conversion that that failed. All right. No knock to, to, to anyone on that. I mean, great call, gutsy call by coach. But 21 points to East Coweta, zero to Mount Zion, 14 to Locust Grove and seven to Sandy Creek. I got that right? Mm -hmm. So I'm running the numbers here. So in four games, four non-region games, Stars Mill Panthers have given up 42 points. That's an average of about 10 a game. And we're talking about our non-region schedule, which is typically very challenging. And think about just for just for reference, 
Union Grove in the first two games were averaging like 44-some points per game, and we let them down to 14. And Sandy Creek, they even though they didn't have a wide spread, we still shut them. We still shut them down for the most. We shut their offense down to zero points. Right. Yeah. A 98-yard kickoff return. Yeah. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. So, so again, let's talk. Let's talk defense, man. I know. I know you got some big names here. And I feel like we should just lead off with the secondary because what I was told by Phillips and what I've mentioned in my game day takeaways for for week three is that that combination of Nate Kern of seniors Nate Kearns and Jonathan Heigl in the bat at the corners and junior Mark Stampley and senior Duke commit, Duke commit Cole Bishop. All have the speed, and this is a key word, the speed to rival the teams that they are going to play. And if anyone knows if anyone knows Panther football, the difficult thing is combating is combating speed on the off- on the opposing offense. And from what we've seen, and I'm gonna be alluding to Union Grove because if any indicate if there's any indicator of what this team can do, it's that because Union Grove is gonna be a surefire. Um, well, so, so is Sandy Creek, but Union Grove is going to be a surefire, surefire playoff team at this point from the way they're playing. And they had two really fast backs that that was a game to decide that if they were going to be able to combat that. And they did for the most part. There were two two weapons, incredibly fast. They could not get away from the secondary at all. If there was they were trying to get away downfield, there was a guy covering them. So when you have that combination of speed, and Coach Phillips has said to me, football is a game of speed, then that is going to carry them far. And let's not forget who, who we got in the defensive line linebacking core. You got Barrett Schmilkoffer. Uh, you got Barrett Jr. Barrett Schmilkoffer on the edge, who's already had multiple sacks so far this year, and if I'm not mistaken, is leading the team in sacks. And you have, that rota- you have the rotation on the defensive line as well, with Darian Doster, Micaiah Shaber, it's impressive to see how well those guys are doing. And again, the linebacking core, very, very much probably the unsung heroes. If you really want to just think of, think of it that way, Wes Haney, the leader leader of that bunch, is just balling out. And then you have Luke Mullins, who's had to step into that role in this season more. I think this is his first year starting at that position, and he's doing everything he can. It's it's stunning to see this way the way this defense is coming together. And if you want to see what coach, what defensive coordinator Jeff Schmilkoffer has to say, we have a coach's corner on that. Check it out, theproudnews.org. So tell me, what what are your thoughts on this defense, Spencer? Uh, I'm. Man, I, I, I got to go with coach's words, you know, like we, we keep going back to 2010, 2010, 2010, you know, where we were then, where we are now, um, you know, and I mean, you got to you got to give some credit to, to the offensive side, too, because they're, they're putting up points. You know, you, it seems like we're, we're mentioning various names. You know, you're you're writing up the weekly recaps. You're writing up the game day takeaways. We've got sophomore quarterback. You know, it's. We've had some incredible running backs and the running game over the last few years, but then we were talking about the, the passing game with Yarbrough early in the season. I mean, uh, I don't know, man. It, it seems like it seems like every week we focus on a different aspect of this team, and then the next week we're you know it, it's something else, and it's like it, there's just so many strengths, like so many strengths to, to what they're doing and where they're at already. 
and we're just getting in into region play. And I mean, you know, we've got to talk about what's on the line this season. We're, we're, we're going for not back-to-back region champs, not three in a row, not four in a row, but like we're, we're looking at five, this could be five straight region championships and, and coach is already talking about a team and comparing them to the team that went to the state championship in 2010. Now I think that says something huge uh, you know, now I mean, and and maybe you'll touch on this. I know you're you're working up a, a sort of a region preview story um, that, that's going to come out next week before we get into region play. But like, the region itself is a huge kind of variable this year. You know, we've got some different teams. We've got Northgate in our region. We've got Northside. Harris County's typically pretty good. And then you know the, the, the Griffin game. You know, the Griffin games have been some of the most exciting ones we've seen the last few years. Um, so I mean. It's incredible all of the strengths that we're talking about on this team. Um, can you pinpoint a weakness at this point, Stackhouse, going into region play? If you really had to pinpoint a weakness at point at this point, it'd just be that this offense is not as experienced, and and that's just a part of the part of the learning curve. If you could, if you could really call their inexperience a weakness, which. I'm not really sure how much you can. I mean, is it an objective weakness? Yes, but is it it's something that this team is coming in and willing to improve and something that they can combat later down the line this season? Absolutely, but we just don't know at that point yet. And when we hear coaches talking about comparing to the 2010, 2010 state team, there's two things, I think. One, they have a lot of hype about this team, and, and for – all it's worth, I think it's completely warranted. But number two, still got games to play. I definitely think that if we, if the offense improves and the key defense continues to rise higher and higher, we could, capital C-O-U-L-D, could get there. But not only do we have a state playoffs to get through, we have a region to get through. And it all starts... On, it all starts next week when we play Harris County. Harris County is ranked number ten in the in the entire state for five A. Atlantic the AGC just posted their rankings. They just came in as number ten, and that will be a the biggest one of the biggest games of the season of the season for region play is the first, and they have one they have what coach considers to be one of the best quarterbacks in this area of the state. So. Not only do we have that, we have Northgate, who has always been a very competitive team. Northside, who has been who has been showing off. I think they're undefeated at this current time. They're three and zero right now. And honestly, about Griffin, it's still a game we have to play. But they're looking on. They're looking like they're having a weak year this year. They are currently one and two. They're they just don't look so hot. But again. Haven't had region yet, so we can't pinpoint that so far. But those four teams, those three teams, um, Harris County, Northgate, Northside, and Griffin, those four, those are going to be the biggest run for our money. Harris, Whitewater, North, Whitewater, McIntosh, not so much. But so you're telling me, Stackhouse, all the competition's coming from outside the county? I believe so. All right. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. So <laughs> McIntosh and Whitewater just heard that. <laughs> but if, again, I just need a bit more time to feel the to feel these teams out, and this is the last week. This is the last main week of non-region play, so we're going to be finding this stuff out very soon. And 
I'm going to, and next week, I'm going to be giving my best judgment of who's going to win this region in the form of a tier list. Sometime next week, we're going to see a Region 2 5A official Prowler tier list ranking these teams from, ranking these teams to see from what I've noticed. Where can they go and where are they likely to go from here? Good, man. We look forward to that. We look mm-hmm. forward to that. You know, um, you know I've been uh, posting a lot of stories on the prowlernews.org. We've, you know, been keeping up with social media and everything. But Stackhouse, one of the, one of the things that, uh, you know, we're, we're at the, the, what, the first day of October, something that, that I haven't seen anything about, um, no talk, no discussion, no, no coach's corner, anything has been cheer. What's, what's going on with cheer this year? Well, at the beginning of August, uh, the GHA decided that they wanted to move the they wanted to move cheer to the winter. I'm not exactly sure what came of that decision or why it was that sport specifically, but that's just what they decided to do. So we haven't had anything to cover because the their season doesn't start until around November. So at that point, we will have something. Except now we do have one very important piece of news. We have not one, but two cheerleaders that have been in the top 12 cheerleaders in the state and in the running for cheerleader of the year. Um, who, are you familiar with either one of them? I am, actually. One is my sister, uh, Emily St- Senior Emily Stackhouse, and then the second one is Senior Kaylee Bennett. And from what I know, that these two have been in the program. They've done Stars Mill Cheer for a long time. They've been in the program for – all four years, I'm very sure that they've all started. I don't know if they started in varsity or, or not in their ninth grade year, but they did. Since they have since their, their junior, their sophomore year, and I, I don't know Kaylee as much, but I can tell from my sister's standpoint is that she puts a lot of time and effort into what she does, and there is a reason why she why she is in this top twelve. And the same thing for Kaylee is that they are they're both really good friends. And I think that there's part of that where they're just – they're both linked to cheer, and they have been for so long. And I feel like part of it's fate, I guess, but they're just so great at what they do, and I think that they have every right to be cheerleader of the year. And we'll have a story about that by Alyssa Daigle in the coming – Alyssa Daigle? Uh, I'm sorry, Alyssa Daigle coming soon. So if you want to get no, know more about the two – the one-sixth of candidates from Stars Mill that are running for true leader of the year, go read that. You know, and it's my understanding, you know, I was talking, I bumped into Coach uh, Coach Mandy Ratliff the other day, and, and I mentioned to her, I was like, this this cheerleader of the year thing seems to be like we have one in the running each year. I, I, we need to dig back into the archives and look, but I want to say this is three, if not four, maybe more years in a row that we've had at least one cheerleader in the running for cheerleader of the year in the state. And this year, two of the top 12. And that's that's impressive. That's, that's just awesome. I can't guarantee three or four, but I know for a fact, I think Tori Davis in 2018 was nominated, was in the running. And then and then this past, this last year, Donnie Davis was in the running for two of the year. So we're looking at at least three years, if you count yeah, this year. That's awesome. Man, that, that's good. That's a good streak. You got, you got football on a region streak. You got cheer on cheerleader of the year streak. Like... Uh, what, what kind of uh, what kind of good thing Stackhouse does cross country have going on right now? You know, it's kind of business as usual at this point. They're doing basically as good as they, they've always been. There's no real, I mean, lows or highs. I mean, 
they're one of the best teams in the state. And from what I understand, they're like they're both top five programs, if I'm not mistaken, at the moment. So it's kind of like we talked about in the last Panther Pit episode is that this is they kind of it kind of seems like they have a revolving door of talent going around. And okay, you want to talk revolving door? I'm, I'm looking. So their last competition was the, the Kona Ice uh, Trinity Fall Classic mm-hmm. um, hosted by the Trinity School, um, Christian School. They hold it here at, uh, at the One Church at what used to be Heritage Christian Church just up the road from the school. I'm pulling up the results of the girls. All right, I'm going to go top 40. All right, top 40 in the heat. Now, of course, they've been breaking it up into heats because of, you know, social distancing and COVID mm-hmm. regulations and all that kind of stuff. But in this, the heat, Stars Mill, ran, Stars Mill Girls ran in the, in the heat one. Top 40, we had 10 in the top 40. All right. Now, you were talking about them keeping a good um, pool of talent going. Um, of those top 40, the 10 in the top 40, from our team alone, four were eighth graders, and that is absolutely ridiculous. And we've, I've heard from coach from Coach Rock that we have people coming up from ninth and tenth grade that are going to rival talent, but it's only when we see these stats when they re, when they, we really see. Oh my gosh, she was not kidding. These people got some stuff, and they did run majoritively JV runners in this race, and. These are JV runners. Yeah, I was going to say, this bodes well for the JV program. You know, uh, varsity runners better watch out here. You know, we had um, you know, Allie Walker, senior Allie Walker. She finished second in that heat. Uh, you know, let's be honest, as well she should. You know, I always love seeing uh, a Walker name up there at the top, mm-hmm. whether it was Rainy when she was here or Allie. Um, but uh, editor-in-chief Mary Jane Gagliano, who, who occasionally does a little running herself, uh, she stopped Allie Walker at practice the other day just to kind of talk about how the team is going, just kind of where they're at and everything. So why don't we go ahead and, and play that interview there with Allie for real quick. The season's been going great. Uh, the boys and the girls have been doing really well. Everyone's been putting in the work. This is the first year we've done 6 a.m. practice four days a week, and everyone has been holding each other really accountable, and everyone's been working really hard. So it's been going well. Okay, so... Um, what is the team doing to prepare going into regions and state? Um, keep practicing, once again, holding each other accountable, checking in on each other, working hard at practice, um, getting the workouts in, listening to your coaches, listening to your body, just all that kind of stuff. And then how do you expect the rest of the season to go for you individually and for the team? Um, I think, I mean, senior season, a lot of us, especially on varsity, boys and girls are seniors. So um, individually, I'm hoping to finish strong and then go into track season strong. And as the team, I think the girls have a great chance to podium at state. And I hope that um, we'll be able to do that. And same with the boys. So again, Allie, you know, talking about exactly what you were just talking about, Stackhouse, just just the outlook of the team, strong outlook. Like you said, they're kind of they're kind of in the in the middle point. You know, we we run some awesome. um, we, we, we run some awesome stuff uh, early on to, to sort of test where we're at. Coach works them really hard in the middle of the season to, of course, get ready for region and then for state. Um, you know, so we're, we're kind of, I don't know. Like, do we, we are in that middle point. Or do, do we say the cross country is hitting their stride? Is that appropriate? <laughs> when, when we're talking? I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do that too many more times. But, I mean, <laughs> you know, they're at a good place. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at the, the boys' side of things as well. Uh, boys' side um, – same thing, you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven 
runners in the top 40 now here on the JV side. And I think this speaks very highly of our varsity boys. Um, you had a lot of sophomores and juniors running this race mm -hmm. to where on the girl side, you had a lot of eighth grade, ninth grade. Um, but, you know, it probably tells me we got a lot of senior boys on the team, strong senior boys. You know, one of those uh, is Colby Smith. And again, uh, Mary Jane Gagliano pulled him aside after practice to kind of just just see how things are going, give us his assessment. And I was really proud of Colby. He wasn't shy about making region and state predictions. So you got to hear what he had to say in the interview. Personally, the season's gone. It's gone okay. We started off really strong, and in, right now we're kind of in the middle cruising. For the team, it's gone better than expected for the JV. Uh, with Joseph leaving was a heavy hit for us, but the JV have really, really stepped up, and so we've seen that. And that's been really good to see. Uh, Regions is probably be the most competitive year for us, um, but we'll still probably end up getting first. Uh, and state, we're uh, we're hoping to we're hoping to podium and uh, see what we can do. So uh, you talked about Joseph leaving. What other challenges has the team faced that has impacted this season? Um. Well, a big a big part of cross country is hanging out after practice and hanging out with everyone and not being able to do that has been it's been tough uh especially i think it's probably hardest on the younger guys the newer guys they probably like it's uh it's always a welcoming environment and it's just made it a lot harder to be able to do that that kind of tenacity and ambition is exactly what this team that it's characteristic of how this team is able to drive themselves forward because in general, you can have this talent, but the way that Colby Smith is assertive about how they're going to go about this is there. It's it sounds like it's very inspiring for the team, and being able to have seniors like him leading the show in this way, it's only it's only some it's not only something that's going to help them this season, but it seems like it's something that's going to carry on in the coming years as these as these. Uh, younger runners are taught this level of this ambition that will pair with their talent in running. Yeah, you know, and everyone, mark your calendar, October 24th. You heard Colby make the prediction there. You know, he says we, we, we should, we're, we, we expect ourselves to win the region. October 24th, down there at One Church, get up early, bring your coffee. It's probably going to be a little chilly. They run early in the morning there. Um, October 24th, you want to head out there, watch that region meet. I know looking at our schedule, we're going to make sure that we sit down with Coach Rock ahead of that meet uh, in the coach's corner posted there. Um, probably going to be posting that around October 21st or so. So we're going to keep you guys updated. Uh, we'll keep track of it, of course. We always have Stars Mill covered. Um, volleyball. Volleyball, Stackhouse. Volleyball. Oh, this is going to oh, be the hardest one to talk about. Oh, Stackhouse. Uh, you know, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and start. Yeah, I'm, sure. I'm going to take the easy side of this and then let you talk region and region standings. Um, so we've had Kylie uh, Wedstein over the over the last few weeks, pretty much this this semester, doing a lot of volleyball coverage. Craig Bardo, Jacob Flesher have been taking some great photos for us uh, and everything. But Kylie, Kylie and I went, we watched, you know, we were like, hey, Griffin's coming to town. Of course, McIntosh, we're going to play them. Griffin, easy win. I think it was 25-4, 25-5, something, so, you know, no problems there. But McIntosh, 
you know, that's that's the real test. You're talking about the number one team in the state. And I mean, and, and for good reason. They're tough, man. They're tough. Like you're you've got to be looking for for a weakness, for a mistake, something. And, you know, you're talking a Macintosh team that Coach Flowers has never never won a set against uh, in his coaching career here at Stars Mill. But and I'm sitting next to Kylie in the stands. We're, we're taking notes on how the team's playing. And she says to me, the energy is different. The energy in our team is different. And then we looked at the scoreboard and you could tell the, almost the entire first set, Stars Mill was beating Macintosh. And we, we kept it kind of comfortable, about three, four points. You know, um, it's 17 to 12. They call a timeout. And, and we're talking 17 to 12. Stars Mill's up five on the number one team in the state, right? And we're watching that. And then slowly, McIntosh starts, starts chipping away, chipping away. And you can tell that that momentum goes out. Call timeout again at 21-21. Like, all right, we got to put a stop to this. Like, we're just up 17-12. You got to put a stop to this. McIntosh ends up winning that first set, 25-21. Second set, and, and every post-game interview, post-match interview that Kylie did, everyone said the same thing. We just struggled on serve-receive. Struggled. And McIntosh got on a roll that second set. They steamrolled us 25-14. to um, But, but we competed in that first set, man. Like, I'm looking at this. Watching, watching flowers, watching, you know, the girls, the mentality, the energy, it's all there. The excitement was there. You know, coaches talked all season long about them getting slow starts. We didn't have a slow start against McIntosh. Um, but then as soon as McIntosh got rolling, you could just see that, that that momentum on our side, that energy on our side just deflated. We end up losing 25-21, 25-14. Um, you know, but uh, we got some audio from Kylie's interview with Coach Flowers that I want to go ahead and play here. So let's go ahead and hear what he had to say after that match. Well, I think we answered a few questions, which is, you know, can we play with them? And I think we can. We were just down two or three points there in the first set. And then um, it was just our serve received there in the second set. Uh, we were tight with them until I think 12 or 13, and then they made a little bit of a run. So um, I feel like we're not walking into a defeated. I think we're just being able to see that we can play with them. We just got to make it more consistent. And then when a team like McIntosh gets those big runs, how do you stop that? Uh, one, you hope they make a mistake. Um, and then two, you just keep focused on it's one point at a time. I think sometimes they make highlight real points and they have to remind them that that's only one point. It still counts as just one. So, you know, if they make some great, amazing play, they still got to do that again the next time. So let's make our own amazing play to try to stop the run. And compared to the previous games, this game started off much faster. And what did you tell the girls to get that fast start? I think it was just focus. I mean, it's, it's what we know we can do. Um, and we've been able to do in spurts, but that's the first time we, I felt like we extended it through almost an entire set. So I felt like it was just them choosing to be focused. And, and that was the difference. And then another thing we had talked about was the girls' energy. So mm -hmm. what did you tell them to be so excited and to get ready for this game? I think I kept saying the same stuff. Um, you know, maybe this time it was, you know, because it was McIntosh, maybe it was, you know, it sunk in a little bit more. Um, but you know, being ahead or being close to a, in a match helps too. You know, when when you're down five, six points, it, it's hard to get that energy up. But when you're playing point for point and even getting a lead at times, that helps with the energy. All right, at this point, Stackhouse, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it over to you. We got to talk region standings and where the volleyball team's at because. Yeah, go ahead, man. I'm going to let you handle this one. 
Well, I'm just going to say it plainly. One and five. Wait, so wait, that's one win, five losses? Well, technically, if you want to be technical about it, we played Macintosh twice. So I mean, In a best of five. Yeah, best but, of five. Yeah, but, so, technically, if you want to count that, it's one and six. Okay. The one win came against? Griffin. And so five losses. I know we played, what, Harris County and Northside this week? We played Harris County and Northside, and that, those were our last region games, and we lost both of them. And lost both of them 2-0 is my understanding. Didn't, didn't take a set against either one. Okay. And I actually, if I'm not mistaken, other than Griffin, in those losses, I think we only took one set, and that was against Northgate. I... I would be remiss if I didn't mention that we are in a credibly difficult region this year. Oh, it's a whole different region than before. Man. And let's kind of go off, go off this. Let's kind of go on this tirade real quick and just mention that just the different level of region play on all facets, real quick. And we've we've seen it with we've seen it with volleyball. We we're probably going to see it with football, and we've seen it with softball. This is a different level of competition, and. It's really put our teams to the test to this year to see are they going to rise up or not. Is this one of those situations, Stackhouse, you think where, okay, because it's my, it's my um, understanding of the region right now that we're going into the region tournament as the sixth seed. I believe that is going to be the case. But do you think that this is the strength of our region as a whole? Do you think that if you make it out of our region as a four seed, you could still make a run to the final four? I think it's possible. Could we theoretically see all four teams in the final four of 5A volleyball from region two? I absolutely think so. And I'm an optimist. So I believe that there is a possibility that we get something going in the tournament and make the playoffs. But the fact of the matter is, is just the pieces are here. They're there. And we've seen the, we've seen Stars Mill from time to time grow a competitive edge. It just hasn't, and we we play a lot of good teams outside of our region, and we win for the most part. We have a winning record. I think it's like sixteen and eleven. But it's but plainly put, it's not happening in the region. And if we want to make if we want to make the tournament, if we want to make the state tournament, it needs to. All right. So you're saying if we can lock in at least a four seed. Make it to the playoffs. We should see. I don't. I don't. I don't want to say a return to Stars Mill volleyball because that 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 sounds terrible and that's not accurate at all. Like mm-hmm. we're playing Stars Mill volleyball, right. but I think your assessment of the competition is spot on. This is just a different level of competition. We knew this going in when they did the region realignment, you know. But so I like your optimism here of like, all right, just make it out of the region tournament. We could be looking at three or four teams from the same region. And, you know, we did that. We've done that with what? Mm-hmm. Um, Whitewater, McIntosh, and us the last couple of years have been three of the final four teams. Right. Um, but now we're talking and, – and, and, again, I think it gives so much validity to the strength of our region that you theoretically could have basically a repeat of the region tournament as the state championship final four. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like I would love to know how often that happens in any sport. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely possible. And again, Whitewater's here. Northgate's here, who's always a very competitive team. And I think they're probably going to be the three. They could be the three or two seed. And that's kind of, I'm saying that a little biased because my cousin's on that team. But I think the thing at this point is, is the 
every everything is here. It just needs to get done. And well, and that's what I was trying to say in that first set against Macintosh. Mm-hmm. The energy was there. The level was there. They, I could you could see it. Like there's a moment there where they're out there cheering one another on, and they believe you know we can run with this team. And I think even one of the girls said that in the post game interviews with Kylie was like. We're just as good as they are. We're just as good. We just need the chance. Like, we just need it all to come together, and we can run with that team. We can run with McIntosh. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's crazy, man. I know you and I were, we were talking about it all week long about the region standings and, you know, people, you know. So I, I feel kind of comforted you're saying six seed going into the tournament, don't freak out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's up to the team at this point. I don't think anyone should be freaking out because – if this is a situation now where no matter what you want to think, their destiny is in their hands. If they want to make the tournament, they just have to win. Plain and simple. Well, I mean, you're talking postseason. I mean, obviously you want to win every game postseason on. So yeah. Coach Flowers to the to the ladies on the team, like, let's just do that. You know, let's just do that. <laughs> of course, the prowler's gonna be there. We'll make sure we got it covered, keep you guys updated on what's going on and everything. According to according to uh, to to the list here, Stackhouse, I think that just leaves softball. And if you want to talk region standings, if you want to go region standings from volleyball, looking at six seed to now softball, what's going on in softball, man? Well, let's preface this with how let's preface this from like three weeks ago when we recorded our last episode. We were talking about the we were talking about the doubleheader at Whitewater being a very important game of how how this team is going to do in the region because it really was down it really was the halfway point of the season. Needless to say they got really badly beat in that doubleheader, especially in the first game more so than the second. I think they lost 13 nothing in the first game. They did. And what I told what I asked Coach No, hold on. But I want to mention this to everyone because that wasn't supposed to be a doubleheader. Mm-hmm. We had played Whitewater at home. We were up 3 nothing or no, it was at their place. No, it was it was. Oh, was it here? Yeah. Okay. We were up 3 nothing. The game gets called because of weather. Three outs away from it being a legit game and us winning 3 nothing. to it gets rescheduled as a doubleheader at Whitewater. First game, 13 nothing. mercy rule. Second game, what, was 7-2? It was 7-2. No okay. mercy rule, but... Okay. All right. So, so where do we stand since that point? Since that well, what's, point, what's happened? Since that point, we were outside the top five, the top four. But since then, we've won out. We beat Northgate. We beat Northside. Beat Northgate again. Beat Northgate again. Revenge victory Northside. That Northside game before was thirteen to twelve. Yeah. Remind you, but I believe this Northside game we were down three nothing. Bacchus gets us back in the game. We end up, and, and I think she had some key hits in that game as well. We end up winning five four come from behind to win. So we've split with Northside. We beat Northgate both times. I think we beat them 1-0 and then 3-2 or really close games with Northgate. All right. So so then where are we at? Where we're at now is we also got some pretty good wins outside the region. So we haven't lost a game since. And I think that's important because let's kind of talk about that. Was what I asked Coach after that doubleheader was like, where was the chem? Is just kind of like the chemistry didn't seem there at that doubleheader. And from what I understand, is that that practice on the next day, they were like, "Let's get this chemistry back. Let's get let's let's because we we know we all have talent. We just need to be using it together." 
and they have. And I feel like they, and I feel like from the game I saw at Northgate against Northgate, that was kind of yeah, they're able to come together and use all their talents coherently and win. So I feel like this is a much different team than we were seeing at the midpoint of the season. And that's very important because like any sport, you want to be playing your best at the end. Gotcha. And that's because it's my understanding that you, you mentioned like we were outside of the top four. I think we were sitting around the five seed. And now it's my understanding. And, and of course, you know, we talked about this early in the season as well. Like, so you have Whitewater who, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, they're, they're the clear running away, you know, number one seed. No problem. Whitewater is going to have the number one seed going to state. They lost to McIntosh last Friday, right? McIntosh mm-hmm. right now is hovering around the, the four or five seed themselves going into the region tournament. But then they lose to McIntosh. Um, you start looking at it and you say, we, we've been winning. We've been on a great streak. You know, we, we, we've... This week alone, Harris County and Griffin, we've got McIntosh tonight. Um, we've got to meet McIntosh by at least three to make sure that we own the tie break against them if we really need it. Um, of course, McIntosh played uh, Northside last night. I mean, just a big, big week for, for uh, Region 2 softball and what's going on. Um, but it, it's crazy to think that you go from you're the four or five seed to now we're in the running for the two seed. Which means, based on how they're playing the region tournament, the one and two seed are an automatic lock to play for the region championship. We come out of this week, the two seed, we're playing a best of three against Whitewater for the championship. And again, if we we have in our home game with them, we proved that we could we proved that we could be over be up against them. And I definitely believe if if history is any indication. We have no idea what's going to happen. There it because is. Man. There it is. No matter if if you look back, no matter what's happened in the region, because it will one team will either obliterate each, uh, will sweep them in the sweep them in in the regular season, or they'll split games. None of those results really matter because they can really it can really go any way when it comes to the region. You know, yesterday, um, Abby Carter, staff writer for the Prowler, her and I were out at the at the softball fields. We did a coach's corner with Peyton Dean, softball coach Peyton Dean. You want to take a look at that at the prowlernews.org. But that was something that, that we talked about with with Dean. You know, Dean used to play for Whitewater. Um, then she went down to was it Armstrong? Oh, yeah. I think she's down in the Hall of Fame down there for softball. Now she coaches for us with with Coach Williamson, of course. Um, and we were talking about that. Is that exactly what you just said? You know, we've seen it to where like Whitewater blows us out one game in the regular season. We we play them close in the second game, maybe split. You come in here, it goes to three games for the region championship. Or there's been some years where we've completely owned Whitewater in the regular season games, comes into the region championship and they beat us in in three or whatever. Like it, it, it really, yes, the, the, the region season matters for obviously, you know, seeding and everything. But once you get into that tournament, man, it's wipe that slate clean and, and let's play ball. You know, it's, it comes down to, you know, it's, it's a three game season at that point, a best of three game season. Um, for the playoffs, but I, you know, uh, of course, with all the coronavirus, COVID, all that stuff, uh, that was what the, the softball coaches agreed to was that the one and two seed are going to play for the region championship no matter what. Three through seven will be playing for the spots three and four. So there's no like if we, w- this is what I like about this. If we, if we, if we lock the two seed, no matter what happens in the region tournament, 
we're going to make state playoffs, mm-hmm. which, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we're talking five seed. Oh, my goodness. What's going on with this team? You know, so, I mean, let's step back a few minutes to volleyball. Volleyball, okay, maybe we're going into the region tournament as a six seed. We could come out the two. We could come out the one. You know, like, you, you never know. And that and that's what makes this so exciting. And this is this is why I love sports. This is why I love high school mm-hmm. sports, just because of, of what you said. It's like, we don't know. You know, it's, it's a good thing. It's a good thing that Stars Mill has a great, you know, newspaper that keeps track of all this stuff. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's a good thing we got a great sports editor who keeps all this in line. We got some great sports writers coming up with with Abby and Kylie. Uh, you know, we got some great photographers. You know, Maya Maya McCollum is is going to be out there with Abby or was out there with Abby last night. Or no, sorry, they're going to be out there tonight. Actually, um, Craig Bardo was out there last night. That's right. You know, and just just great things happening, man. But uh, Whew, Stackhouse, yeah. that's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot going on at Stars Mill. And once more, we're getting into the nitty-gritty for on all accounts. We're getting – I think it's a midway point for cross, for cross country. Softball and volleyball getting right into the playoffs in next week. And we're getting right into region play for football next week. And just a couple months from now, or literally I think a month from now, um, we're going to have winter sports starting up. So – we're at a very great point right now in sports, but these games need to be played. Winners need to be crowned, and that's why you play the game. All right, man. So I'm going to go ahead and say, like, if you want to stay caught up on Stars Mill Sports, where are we going to go? We're going to go to the prowlernews.org. We live by our slogan. We have Stars Mill covered. You know, we've got regular sports updates, coverage updates. We got Stackhouse's weekly game day takeaways from football. We got Coach's Corner posted on Wednesdays. We got from the Panther Pit like this one that we try to post every other Thursday. We got Player of the Week every Friday. Basically, we have sports every single day on the prowlernews.org. I really want to give a shout out to news editor Caroline Hubbard for everything that she's doing to keep us updated on our Instagram. We're on Facebook as well. We're on Twitter at SMHS Prowler. Go ahead and, uh, go ahead and take us home, Stackhouse. Yeah, I'm very excited. If I may share that this region story coming up is going to be my 100th story. And it's going to be – I'm very excited that I'm being able to cross that cross that line in this very pivotal point of Panther sports. As the advisor of this paper, that is my favorite trophy to hand out, man. That, that blue star trophy that, that I get to hand out. Uh, this is going to put you in some pretty elite company. Uh, I think you're going to be, what, maybe number five or six in the history of the Prowler to eclipse that 100-story mark. Stackhouse, man, I'm proud of you. It's been awesome working with you. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and brag on you a little bit because I believe you're also going to be the fastest person to ever eclipse a uh, hundred stories posted uh, on the prowlernews.org, man. So, I mean, just, it, it's awesome working with you, Stackhouse. You, you do great work. Everyone compliments what you're doing. Uh, obviously you've been dedicated to it. You, you've devoted a ton of time to it. A little blood sweat, maybe some tears. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, it, it's awesome. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I look forward to that. Look forward to that. Let's see if we uh, can't make a little noise around this mm-hmm. school with your region prediction again this year. <laughs> So once before I close that, thank you to all the sports departments for the, not for all the sports competing the way you do. It's all exciting stuff to watch and to cover. And I just hope you guys keep doing what you do. But that's all we have for here. And we got, like I said, got a lot more game, a lot of important games to play. So come on out, support your Panthers. And if you don't, we got stuff for you to read if you don't. So with that all being said, from the Prowler Newsroom, with 
from myself and Prowler Advisor Justin Spencer. I'm Daniel Stackhouse. Thank you for listening. Go Panthers!